Father, we thank you for another opportunity this side of eternity to gather in your name on the Lord's Day. We thank you that we're in this beautiful building amidst wonderful people to look into the Word of God. We ask you, Lord, to touch us today with divine unction and anointing. Lord, help us this morning to do in the Spirit. Help us to worship in the Spirit. Help us to preach in the Spirit. Help us, O oh Lord, to apply what we learn by the Spirit to our own heart. We love you and we praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And everybody said amen. Amen. Well, we've talked about promises and we've pursued after the promises. And we've talked about the presence that is so powerfully among us and among God's people. It's synonymous with the Spirit and the outpouring of the Spirit. It's literally God with us. God with us. His presence, those encounters with Him. Uh, if you've never had an encounter with God, check your salvation. God wants to have fellowship with you, not just one and done. He wants to walk with you every day, every hour of every day. He wants fellowship with you. Amen. Some people say he's only a phone call away. Well, God is closer than that. Amen. We used to sing a song, the mention of his name. He's as close as the mention of his name. If you can get that name out, you can cause hell to tremble. I said, if you can get that name out, you can cause hell to tremble. Because the Bible says that the devils in hell tremble at the mention of his name. I want to tell you there's power in the name of the Lord Jesus. Power in the blood of Jesus. Power in the word of Jesus. Power in the anointing and the presence of the Lord Jesus. Acts 10 and 38 gives us what Paul was uh, giving instruction to some folks at Cornelius' house. This devout man who was a wonderful, generous person was a man of faith. And he had heard about salvation and heard about the Lord Jesus through his dealings with Jewish people. That there was this new rabbi. And there was this uh, new man proclaiming to be the Son of God. And that big crowds are following him. And he seems to be authentic because of the miracles that he does. With our own eyes, we've seen uh, blind men healed. And we've seen deaf people. We've seen palsied people receive healing and begin to walk again. So this man must have some credibility. We've heard about him. And the Bible said that Cornelius was a man that was an almsgiver to every, he was very generous in almsgiving. He is also a devout man in prayer. And while he was praying one day, the Bible tells us that an angel came unto him and he said, you have found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Thine almsgiving and thy uh, devout prayers have come up before the Lord and the Lord has observed. I'm thankful God is touched by our attempts at devotion. I'm thankful that every time I try to sing a song in his name or, or say a prayer in his name or give a devotion in his name or quote a scripture in his name, that God always takes note of that. When Cornelius was offering up his almsgiving and his devout praying, the Bible said God sent an angel and said, your devotion has been beheld by 
by God. God has, has seen your sincerity and said, Now send to Joppa for one Simon and said, He will come and preach to you and tell you the things that you need to know about salvation, how you can know this Lord and this Savior. And while the Bible said while he was preaching to him, it must have been pretty Pentecostal because the Bible said the Holy Ghost fell. I said it must have been pretty Pentecostal because the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. They began praising and worshiping God spontaneously. I love that, that factor of spontaneity about spiritual worship. Amen. It just breaks out. It just springs up. Amen. It just overflows. And the next thing you know, someone is, is being blessed here and another blessed here and another blessed there. And, and, and the uh, anointing and the presence just uh, makes an uh, indelible mark upon everybody that are gathered in his name. And while Peter was preaching these words, then the Bible said, all of them that heard the word were filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And then Peter was preaching in such a way, he quoted this verse that's in our, our text today. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Jesus was anointed. The way he did the miracles, the way he raised the dead was he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. How that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost, but not the Holy Ghost only, but also with power, strength, and authority is what that word means. It comes from the word Latin word dunamis, which you get the word dynamite. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and dynamite. You might say he blew people away. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And here's something about anointed people with power. They don't do a lot of sitting and watching. They move about. Look at what it says. The Bible said he's anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about. Couldn't keep him still. Hey, a man or woman that's got a message to tell, that's anointed of God, you can't keep them still. Somebody that's got zeal in their heart and enthusiasm in their heart, you can't keep them sitting down, moaning and groaning. You'll find them out on the street corner somewhere saying, God is good, do you know the Lord? Amen. One of the men in this church told me this week, Wednesday night, he said, said the Lord spoke to me today and told me just to go over to this guy and and tell him, say, Lord, do you, do you know the Lord Jesus? Are you saved? And he said, I, I, I thought, my goodness, I don't know whether he would receive that or not. And he said, I just decided, well, praise the Lord, I'm going to do it, whatever he says, it'll, I can bear it. He said he walked over and he said, sir, said, I, I just was drawn to you some way, and I feel like I need to ask you, are you saved? He said he scratched his head a little bit and said, what's that? What's that? You see, when that what's that door opens, that lets you tell how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were sick 
listen to that, healing all that were sick. Healing all that were sick. Well, brother, that kind of gets a big crowd of people, doesn't it? That means that everybody who asked him and some who didn't ask him, what miracles of power and might and strength flowed in the ministry of Jesus. In John 5, walked up on a pool at Bethsaida, and the Bible said, and in these lay a great number of impotent folks, blind, halt, and withered. But there was one that was laying on his pallet, and the Bible said, Jesus asked him, wilt thou be made whole? And he said, Actually, Lord, I'm not much of a candidate. Well, why not? He said, well, somebody always beats me. When the angels start stirring the water and folks start scurrying to get in the water, I know that first one always gets healed. I can't ever be first. My problem is I move too slow. And somebody else always beats me to the troubled water. So I'll never get healed. Jesus said, how long have you been limping around on that excuse? 38 years. 38 years. I, I got a sermon that I used to preach. 38 years on the verge. How many folks do you know that have been 38 years on the verge Always when you talk to them, they're on the verge of doing something, on the verge of receiving. Hey, praise God. This guy said, I've been, been 38 years on the verge. Jesus said, if thou wilt be made whole, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And the Bible said, so he immediately upstood got his pallet, and started marching, walking with it on his shoulder. And the Bible said, and the same day was the Sabbath. Oh, now we're in trouble. We done violated some law. We done broke some ceremonial ritual. We've already got the folks down at the temple on our back. Because somebody healed somebody on the Lord's day. So the first thing, when he was walking with his bed on his shoulder, and the first thing, I'm tearing up those notes up there, aren't I? He's walking with this bed on his shoulder, and the first person he meets is his pastor. And the pastor looked at him and said, What you doing with that bed on your shoulder? Don't you know this is the Sabbath? You're not supposed to carry beds on the Sabbath. And the man said to him, the same man that told me to get up and walk told me to tote this bed. Right or wrong, you say, he said, I don't want to get in there. All I know is I've laid here 38 years, but Jesus passed by. And when Jesus passed by and said, if thou wilt be made whole, 
then get up and walk. He said, I, I believe what he said to me, and I'm walking, I'm carrying this bed, and I'm going to keep carrying it for as long as he said carry it. I'm going to carry it to wherever he says carry it. I'm going to be found doing what he told me to do. Hallelujah. Because I believe there's power in obedience to the Word of God. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He met that funeral procession out of the little city called Nain. And a, the Bible said, and she, a widow, a widow, yeah, and she's got a dead son. Well, if she's a widow, she's already got a dead husband. This is her second time to deal with this kind of grief. And she's walking along behind that casket as they're proceeding to the burial place. And the Bible said, and Jesus. And Jesus walked over to the bier and took the young man by the hand and said, Son, I say unto thee, Arise, awake, and arise. And the Bible said, and he opened his eyes and began to live. What power that our God has power to raise someone from the dead. That our God has power to cleanse lepers and he has power to, to make palsied limbs straight. He has power to, to make people that are destitute and despondent by the oppression of the devil. Well, that's the rest of the verse, isn't it? Oh, that's what it says. That he healed all that were sick. And then he said, and oppressed by the devil. Listen, the devil can never possess a child of God. The devil can never cross the bloodline of the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil cannot possess a blood-washed, blood-sanctified person of God. That's not going to happen. But now harass you. An oppressor, yeah, got a lot of tools in his bag. They're called devices. And the Bible said we are not ignorant concerning Satan's devices. But I always add, but sometimes we act like it. Because he keeps using the same old tricks on the same old people. I said he keeps using the same old schemes and the same old games and the same old stuff. Brother Irwin, I'm telling you I'm through with the kind of men I've been running around with. I, I tell you what, they've hurt me so bad well, I'm just not going to fool with them no more. There won't never one of men hurt me again. It won't be a week till you'll see her on the arm of another one. Where'd you get him? Somehow we just keep falling for the same old stunts and the same old lies. We're not ignorant concerning Satan's devices, but Lord, sometimes we sure act like it. Looks like we would learn sometime. Amen. Oppressed of the devil, anger, anxiety, worry, fear, all of those emotional things that come against a child of God. Well, what do I do, preacher? How do you handle that? Boy, there's a lot of tools you got in your bag. 
You can read the Word of God. You can put His Word in your heart that you might not sin against God. You can sharpen your sword and get to where you can quote the Scriptures to the devil. He likes to quote them to you, quote them back to him. Hallelujah. He'll come at you with all kinds of emotional trauma and all kinds of, hey, I, what do I do? Hey, number one, arm yourself with the Word of God, sharpen your sword, and then look the devil in the face and rebuke him. Well, how do you do that? Get out of here, devil. That's how you do that. Take your slimy hand off of that situation. Devil, I command you by the power and the authority of God, stop your harassment. Get away from that situation. In Jesus' name, take your hand off of that person. Hallelujah. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. God gives you power. Jesus said, I give you power. I give you power. It's in these notes when I get over here to it. The power of God, power to tread upon serpents and tread upon scorpions. He said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Did you say that when we're counting up and we get the power bill, my power is greater than his power? Are you telling me that when the devil approaches me, I've got more power and more spiritual strength than he does? Are you telling me that I'm a, I'm a victor already before the battle ever starts? Are you telling me that he cannot withstand the power of God that is in me and in my life and in my experience with God? Are you telling me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? Is that what you're saying to me? Well, hallelujah. Yes, that's what I'm saying to you. That power of God that is in us. 1 Corinthians 2 and 5 tells us that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The Bible tells Paul said, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in power. Oh, yeah, let that slip by you. Not with enticing words, but with power. But with power. God wants his preachers to preach with power. God wants praise and worship singers to sing with power. God wants Sunday school teachers to teach with power. God wants ushers to usher with power. God wants us to whatever we do, do it with all our might, do it all to the glory of God, and do it with power. Not weakness, but power. Power. Powerfully do whatever God asks you to do. Do it powerfully. Don't do it backwardly and timidly, but do it powerfully. Don't depend upon the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You see, our Heavenly Father, our Creator God, spoke the world into existence simply by the word of His mouth. Just spoke the word, and it was so. That's called the creative word of God. 
I thank God for his creative word. There is within every one of you a special place in your heart. It's called the creative department. It's where God challenges you to do things that you've never done before. It's where God challenges you to dream big. It's where God challenges you to believe him for things thought impossible. It's that creative word, that power of the creative word, that when that seed is planted in you, that when God puts a powerful, powerful potential in you, then God wants that dream to come true. God wants that, that challenge to become reality. God wants you to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to depend upon the energy of the power, not the wisdom of men, but the power of God. And brother, if you walk in power, then you'll walk in confidence. Confidence. You know, that's the big issue is with the devil and us. You know what he really wants to know? He wants to know how are you and God doing? You remember when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den? Spent the night in a lion's den, and the king, Xerxes, came down the steps of the prison the next morning and said, Oh, Daniel, is your God able to deliver you out of the mouths of the lions? It was a God issue. Wasn't so much a Daniel issue as it was a God issue. Is your God able to deliver you? Come on, somebody. Is your God able? I, I wonder sometimes when we give our request, if we were asked, Are, do you believe your God is able? Do you believe your God is able? Daniel, rousing out of sleep, said, Oh, king! This night the Lord hath sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. God, hold, hold now, you're getting too spiritual there for me now. That's off the deep end out there. God sent an angel and shut lions' mouths to protect you. Sometimes your praise will seem a little bit odd to other observers. Sometimes your dependence upon the power of God will be criticized by others. Sometimes your choosing the power of God over the wisdom of men will be an item of contradiction for some. Oh, it will. As long as it belongs to you, you can own it and you can say, God is the strength of my life. In Him will I trust he is my confidence. He is my assurance. He is my rock in a weary land. He's my high tower. He's my shelter in time of storm. He's my food when I'm hungry. He's my water when I'm thirsty. He does for me whatever I need to be done in my life. He watches over me and cares for me. He dispatches angels lest I dash my foot against a stone. He will not allow my foot to slip nor slide, but he keeps me headed in the right direction and he gives me the victory in every battle. Wow, hallelujah! 
My God is a powerful, powerful God. He's a powerful God. He knows all about us, his omnipotence. Did you know that word is only found one time in the entire Bible? Omnipotence. Well, Brother Jerry, I've heard you preach that for 36 years, that God's omnipotent, and you're telling me now it ain't but one time in the whole Bible? One time. Hallelujah. Now you're just scratching your head. Where's he going to come up a scripture with omnipotent in it? Well, you'll have to go over to the back of your Bible and get over there in the last book, 19th chapter, I think it's 6th verse, and it says this. And I heard, as it were, a voice of a great multitude. You mean there's going to be multitudes in heaven? Brother Jerry, crowds make me nervous. I wish I could come to church, Brother Jerry, but every time I get in the crowd, I get nervous. <laughs> another sermon for another time. I heard the voice of a great multitude, and they were the, like the voice of many waters. Have you ever been to Niagara Falls? Anybody ever been? You can hear it before you can see it. Long before you get to it, you can hear it for a long way. It roars. That water coming over those falls, it rushes. He said, I heard the voice of many waters. And as the voice of mighty thunderings, brother, I've heard claps of thunder that blew me away. Don was with me one day, him and Brian. And there was, the sun was shining, wasn't it? Didn't you tell me the sun was shining? Reminded me it was. And he and Brian sitting over under this pine tree, thinking they were in the shade. About that time, there was a boom. It blew branches. It blew corn cob, pine cones everywhere. Next thing I knew, there was a cart came by me. I said, where are you going? said, I'm getting out of here. The clap of thunder. Can you, can you imagine that John said, I heard something that sounded as loud as thunder. And said, it just bellowed all over heaven. Sounded like the roar of many waters and it sounded like an explosion had just taken place. The voice of thunder. What was that voice saying? It was saying, Hallelujah! For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Woo. Only there but one time, but buddy, it got its worth in that one time, didn't it? The Lord God omnipotent. No wonder Hindle put it in his Messiah. Ask your wife when you get home, she'll explain it to you. <laughs> omnipotent. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. For sakes you don't know, that's Hindle's Messiah. We played at Christmas time, you know. 
The power. How would you define the power of God? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and the love that you have unto all the saints. Do you mean those two go together? The faith that you have in the Lord Jesus and the love that you have for all saints. All saints. The faith that you have in the Lord Jesus and the love for all saints. Did you know that the power of God flows through love? Did you know that love is the breaker that flips and cuts off the power? Did you know the lifeline of a church has a breaker? By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. By the love that you have one for another. Everybody knows that when you lose power, you flip the breaker. First thing to go look for is something has short-circuited and something has happened that has cut off the flow of power. Don't have any power. What is that breaker? That breaker's love. It's love. Brother, I want to tell you, when love flips a breaker, brother, the power immediately just disperses. The life just fades away. It's precious. The love that we have for one another is precious. It's to be defended at all costs. Because if you lose it, Number one, it's hard to get back. Number two, you miss out on so much. Miss out on so much. Verse, next verse. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, love you, God, I cease not to give thanks for you and making mention of you in my prayers. I pray for you. How do you keep the power flowing in people's life? Pray. Pray. If you don't pray, Lord of mercy, how do you expect to find any power? Pray is when you, when you go to your, your prayer closet. Go to your secret place. It may be the bed in your bedroom. It may be a closet. It may be an old log under a shade tree. But everybody's got a place of prayer. If you don't, get you one. I said if you don't have one, get you one. Everybody needs a, a place of prayer. And everybody, no matter who you are, you need time spent with God. No matter what you do, how rich you are, or how much you know, you need to get in the presence of God and you need to talk to Him and then listen. Because prayer is not just a one-way thing. Prayer is reciprocal. You, you talk to him and he talks to you. 
And my daddy used to tell me, you can't learn anything while you're talking. So if you want God to teach you and God to lead you and God to guide you, sometimes you have to be still and know that I am God. Sometimes the power is waiting on you to just be still for a minute. Make any sense? Cease not to give thanks for you. Thank, are you thankful for everybody? I'm thankful for everybody that's in here. Thankful for every one of you. That the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the hope of his calling? The hope that the Lord has prepared a better life for all the redeemed. The hope that there is a reward for the righteous. The hope that God has something in our future that is so wonderful, so blessed, that it's worth the battle, it's worth the fight, it's worth the sacrifice. Hallelujah! That you may know the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. All saints... Look this direction, all saints. Don't drop your head now. All saints. There is an inheritance. The Lord just sent me by here today to tell you that you got some money coming. You got an inheritance. Somebody died and left you Boy, that's good preaching. Somebody died and left you an inheritance. His name is Jesus. And when he died, he had an inheritance, and he said, I'm going to leave that to my children. I'm going to leave that to every child of God that I've got, an inheritance that ye may know the hope of his calling and that you might know the riches, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Oh, bless be God. I get to shouting when I think about the inheritance that righteous people shall inherit, the kingdom of God, eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, all the blessings eternally in the presence of God, never know a pain, never have a care, never have a disease, never have a wound, never have sorrow or grief or despondency, always and forever with the Lord in his presence. What an inheritance. And I'm not going to let anything cheat me out of my inheritance. Are you, Brother Don? Michelle, I'm not going to get cheated out of my inheritance. Praise God. I'm going to keep on being a good son. We hear about children that act and do in such a ways that their parents say, well, I'm not leaving you nothing. Come on, somebody. Thank God 
Our God is gracious, and our God is kind, and our God is loving, and our God is forgiving. And he will never harm you. He always does you good. Always does you good. Look at that 19th verse. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? To usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? To usward who believe, it's that knowledge that he has given to every one of us that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world, that he died for every one of us, and that his blood is a sufficient sacrifice for the sin that is in every life in this building. Every person in this building is loved by God. Every person in this building is a soul for whom Jesus died. Every person in this building is a person that God would have come to this world. If you had been the only lost person on this planet, he would have come to die for you, just you, so that you could have an inheritance with the saints. Hallelujah. Come on, Olivia. My Lord, I'm not half through, but I'm going to have to land this plane somewhere. Matthew 28 and 18, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all power. How much power is all power? All power is given unto me in heaven and in the earth. You see, when Jesus shares with us the power of God, there is an all power, an all sufficiency that never runs out. Never is diminished one bit because Jesus has power over everything. There is nothing that confounds him. There is nothing that overwhelms him. There is nothing that outthinks him. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that is greater than he is. What a mighty God the Lord Jesus is. He spake to them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in the earth. Did you know that Jesus was present when the earth was formed? John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And without Him was not anything made that was made. What a mighty God we serve. A mighty God that is so powerful that He says to every one of us, He said, you can trust me because I'm all powerful. Never lost any of my power. Never even drained it one bit. Never had to use it in any way that would diminish from my power. My power is all sufficient. All sufficient. In Jeremiah 27, 5, I have made the earth, the man and the beast that are upon the ground, by my great power and by my outstretched arm, have I given it unto whom it seemed meet unto me. Deuteronomy 9, 29, yet they are thy people and thine inheritance, which thou broughtest out by thy mighty power and by thy outstretched arm, by thy mighty. How did, how did those children of Israel get out of Egypt? By the power of God. How'd they make it through that wilderness? By the power of God. 
How was it that manna fell and fed them all by the power of God? How was it that rock followed them around and watered them all in their herds by the power of God? How did that cloud lead by the power of God? How did they win that battle at Jericho by the power of God? How did they win that, that, that battle over Shuman by the power of God? How did they inherit the promised land? The power of God. How did they defeat those tribes of Philistines and Amorites and Parasites and Givites and Hittites and Termites? How did he get by all of them? The power of God. The power of God. How are you going to fight your battle then, Pastor? By the power of God. If it works in the Word of God, it works for me. How are your needs going to be supplied? By the power of God. How's there going to be food on your table? By the power of God. How in the world am I going to pay my bills? Power of God. How am I going to have clothes to wear? Shoes to wear? Food on my table? Roof over my head? Power of God. The Bible said we are kept. Somebody say kept. We are kept by the power of God. Kept by the power of God. I want to leave you with one. It's Psalm 50 and 14. You'll pull that one on you. You'll have to, that's what I call a Holy Ghost drop in. Psalm 50 and 14. You got it? It starts with offer thanks. Be ye thankful. My Lord, I have made you, I hope, feel thankful today. I've told you you're going to inherit a ton. You're named in the will. Don't you like those letters when you get that letter that says you have been named in the will? Well, this whole sermon is naming you in the will. You are so important to God and so loved by God that he put you in his will. Offer thanks unto God and pay your vows. Do what you say you're going to do. Pay your vow. Live right. I said live right. Offer thanks to God and live right. And then what does he say? And call upon me. Call upon me. Now, if you hadn't been living right and you got unpaid vows and you haven't been thankful, come on, somebody. <laughs> Then don't call on him yet. You got to have some grounds for appeal. I said you got to have some grounds for appeal. When Isaiah, pastor of Hezekiah, the great king, came in and said, Hezekiah, the Lord told me to come see you and tell you, set your house in order because you're going to die and not live. And the Bible said, and Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall. And he said, Lord, Remember how I have lived. Remember how I have done that which is right in your sight. Remember how I have walked uprightly before you. Remember how I have been thankful and loved you. Remember how I have worshipped at the temple. Remember how I have lived. And as Isaiah the pastor was in the outer courts, God tapped him on the shoulder, said, Stop. He said, Turn around. Go back in there 
and tell Hezekiah that I've seen his tears and I've heard his prayer and I'm going to add 15 years onto his life. What's that called, Pastor? That's called some grounds for appeal. I said that's called some grounds for appeal. It works real good in emergency rooms at hospital. It works real good at the visitor station in the funeral parlor. It works real good on the side of the road when you've had a wreck. It works real good. Lord, remember. Lord, remember how I've lived. Remember, Lord, how I've been thankful. Remember how I've worshipped and remember how, how I've kept my covenants with you. And remember how I've been to your house and sung spiritual songs. Remember how I've supported the Lord and Lord's work. Remember, God, how I've lived. Got to have something to stand on. Because then after you've done those things, then he said, call on me. Call on me. In the day of trouble. Anybody ever been in trouble? Call on me in the day of trouble. And I will. Not I might or I'll think about it. But I will deliver you. And thou shalt glorify me. Wow, what a great God he is. What a great Savior he is. What a powerful God he is. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Stand with me, please. The power of God. Lord, what I have seen the power of God do. I told my Wednesday night class, had a fella in church one night, came up for prayer, and he said, Pastor, I said, I've got this broke ankle right here, and I can't work, and I can't feed my family. He said, I'm just in an awful mess. I need God to help me. Sam, I got the oil poured on his kid anointed him but all I prayed for him and I said God in the name of Jesus this man is honest he's a good member of this church he loves you and I ask you God to touch him he's in trouble and he needs help you said call upon you in the day of trouble and you would deliver us I said God deliver this man and heal his foot in Jesus name I turned around started walking on on down the altar praying with some other folks and I looked over there and I saw him with his pocket knife out. And Gladys, he was carving on that cast on his leg with his pocket knife. I said, oh, hold it, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to get this cast off. I said, well, what are you doing that for? He said, we prayed, didn't we? I thought we prayed for God to heal it. Sometimes preachers need a good dose of that too, don't they? I thought we prayed about that. And brother, when he got that cast off of there, he had himself a hallelujah hoedown, I'm telling you. Rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoicing in the Lord. 
I was preaching at Northport in a revival with Earl Hall. And I wish I could remember that guy's name. It wasn't Brother Smalley. It was one of those guys that was with him. Clyde Burroughs, Clyde Burroughs. He came in the door like this. It's a crooked, you couldn't stand him up. And I, I promise that's the way he looked. Come down the aisle before church ever started. Looked up there at me and Earl and did like this. And we walked down there and he, Earl said, what's the matter, Clyde? He said, Lord, I have hurt my back so bad I can't even walk. I can't even straighten up. Susan, we laid hands on that man in the name of Jesus. And I had my hand on his back like that. And this one up here on his chest. And I was praying for his back. And he flopped out of my arms like that. Straightened up as straight as, well, not as straight as I am, but a little straighter than I am. Wow. You mean God does stuff like that? You mean God in the day of trouble? Debbie's cousin, some of the balls, you, they're pretty famous around here. They started the Talladega Church, I think. These girls of old brother W.W. W. Ball, raised in church every day of their life, every night, running around in that old car of theirs and had diapers hanging out the windows, drying diapers while they're trying to go to revivals and stuff. It's very hilarious. Watch them go down the road. And one of those girls, Joeline, she married a, a doctor in Albany, Georgia. And in Albany, Georgia, he had a practice there. And his friend, another doctor, told him one day in a visit, he said, uh, I just need to tell you the truth and be honest with you. You've got cancer and it's advanced. And I don't know if we've got it in time or not. It may probably will take your life. Joeline put her a little cot in there beside that hospital bed. Slept on that cot every night. His friend, the doctor, came in and told Joeline, said, Joeline, said, I'm going to lunch, and when I get back from lunch, Bill will be dead. He won't make it till I get back. Joeline said, no, he won't either. He won't be dead. He'll be all right. God's going to help him. God's promised me. God told me that he would do that, and I believe in God. Now, I'm talking about very special people here, and I'm not talking about run-of-the-mill. I'm talking about really people that know God. That doctor said to her, said, you're a foolish woman, and you're setting yourself up for the worst hurt anybody could ever have. She went over and knelt down by that cot she'd been sleeping on, Susan. And she said, God, I, you raised me from a child. Said, my daddy has preached all over the place, started over 70 churches. And said, now here I am. And God, I need you. God, I need you. Have you ever said to God, God, I need you? God, I need you. 
she got up from that cot and Bill Lawson blinked his eyes, sat up in that bed, looked over at Jolene and said, Jolene, could you find me something to eat somewhere? I'm about to die. I'm so hungry. I, I need something to eat. And you know what he did? He got up and put his clothes on and walked out of that hospital in the day of trouble. 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 Call on me. Call on me. There are people standing right here that can tell you stories just like what I told about how God comes through and how God won't let you down. Would you just stretch your hand toward me? I feel like praying for somebody. God, in the name of Jesus, this congregation is standing with their hands outstretched saying, I need God to do something for me. God, I need you. God, I need you. Lord, I don't know the situation, but you do. I don't know the circumstance, but you do. I don't know the problem, but you do. I don't know the trouble, but you do. And Lord, whatever it is, in Jesus' name, I ask you, God, to touch my brother and touch my sister. Lord, do what you said in your word that you would do. You said, I will deliver you. I will set you free. I'll come to your aid. I'll come to your rescue. I'll supply what needs to be supplied. I'll fix whatever needs to be fixed. I'll correct whatever needs to be corrected. I'll do it. You said, if I ask anything in your name, you said, I'll do it. And God, right now, in Jesus' name, I ask you to touch all over this house. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I feel you moving in this place today. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. Thank you, presence of God. I feel your presence here. I feel your presence here, God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we bless you and we praise you and we glorify you right now. We glorify you right now. Pray this way with me. In Jesus' name, I come before you just as I am. You know my heart. You know my inner being. You know my future. You know my present. And you know my past. And I stand before you with a need. Would you, Heavenly Father, stretch your hand to me and with that arm of love and kindness, would you touch my heart, touch my life, touch my family, touch my home, meet my needs, help me with my bills, help me with my children, help me with my job, help me be the mother and father I need to be because I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus.
For I, the Lord, have heard your cry. And I do know your heart, saith the Lord. I know all about you. My hand is upon you. I have not finished with you. I have not abandoned you. I am with you always, even unto the very end, saith the Lord. And I will give you strength for the battle that you fight. And I will give you hope and I will give you encouragement for the war that you wage. I am with you. I am your supplier of every need. And I will not change, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Lord, could somebody just say, thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look over to your neighbor and say, he touched me. 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 Oh, he touched me. Thank God he touched me. I know the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me, and he made me whole. Thank you, God for allowing us to be in your house today. Thank you for the touch of God. Thank you for the Word that is the power of God unto salvation. And I ask you, God, to help this church be a powerful church. Let this church, this pastor, be a powerful pastor. Let these singers be powerful singers. And let the people that do ministry in this church do it in a powerful way. Lord, go with us to our homes and our families. Give us a great Lord's Day today. We'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.